Hello, movie lovers. And today, I actually have Nick back on the show, and he's going to be finishing out the season with me for Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. This is going to be episode eight. I can't wait to talk about this. And let's go on ahead and get on with the show. Hey, Nick, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing, John? I'm doing great. And it's even better because we're actually joined together to be able to talk about House of the Dragon Episode 8. This is hands down one of my favorite TV shows. This probably is one of the best TV shows on the air right now, mm-hmm. currently. And uh, let me just go ahead and give a little bit of synopsis of what this plot entails. This is actually Episode 8 called The Lord of the Tides. Six years on, uh, Corliss uh, Valeron, Lord of the Dripmark, is severely wounded, fighting in the Stepstones. His brother, Sir Vayman, petitions King's Landing to name him as Corliss's heir, proclaiming Rhaenyra's son, Lucius, the legitimate uh, heir to the throne. Rhaenyra and Damien return to the capital to defend Lucius's claim. They find King uh, Viserys and his bedridden and disfigured imminently muddled. So let's go ahead. Let's dive into this. So the first thing I like is the fact that we actually see these characters on the ship for the very first time in six years. And I like how they go into this thing. It's like, well, the king is no longer the one who's commanding anything. It is now the queen that's commanding things. I'm like, so I found that very interesting because of the fact that it was setting up in episode seven about how she was actually really demanding. She was Mm -hmm. trying to take over. And that was something that I was really fearful because of the fact that she wanted to show her dominance over that. Because I wasn't sure what kind of queen that she would be because she has this beef with Rhaenyra. Yeah. And stuff like that. So that was something that I was kind of interested in how the politics were going to come into play with that because of that reason. And then also, too, I was thinking that she was also going to be too harsh towards him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I was definitely getting worried about Allison early on when they alluded to that. And then when you see oh. later on the episode that it's the hand that's sitting on the Iron Throne. So it's like almost the will of the father guiding the daughter king, uh, queen. So what did you think of that scene? Yeah, so I, I thought that was pretty pretty heavy because it was like, you know, you get a little foresight. It's been a little while. Um, and Renera is really just like, I haven't seen my family in six years. Like, it's been a long time. Last time we saw each other, it wasn't the best terms. And now there's this, like, huge claim against them that's like the ultimate slap in her face, even though it's 100% valid. Right. And I, thought, I can understand why Corliss's brother would be there is understandable because and he, he has every right to be there mm-hmm. because of the fact that he is the rightful heir because of his bro, because of the rightful heir. But on the other hand, you also know why Renera is there, which is also completely understandable as well. So both of these are not these people are both not wrong in their own right yeah. or anything either. You know, that's something else I really liked about it was the fact that no one's right or wrong in this episode. Mm-hmm. and everybody's there for a purpose yeah. and then of course you can feel that tension especially whenever Renera goes into her own home and she doesn't even recognize her own home right after that scene too as we go into to the court scene where you know they're talking to Eamon and he just has his outburst and so powerful and passionate and obviously you feel it because those are clearly not his blood kin and they're clearly about to inherit the throne for um, you know the sea king so you know, I, I just thought that it was awesome that he was like kind of going nuts about it. And then obviously the way that it all ends right after, definitely, all, you know, the children bastards and the queen of whore, which is obviously a mistake and takes everything that was articulated so beautifully beforehand and kind of just comes crashing down. 
and it becomes his downfall because obviously Damon just slices his head. That was probably one of my favorite parts of that whole entire scene. It was shocking, but also, too, we actually see this before between him and Damon before out on the battlefield, questioning yeah. Damon's motives and stuff like that. And, of course, Damon was always pissed off at him from the begin with. But I like how Damon pretty much antagonizes him. He goes, yeah. just say it. Hey. And he knows he's going to say it. Yeah. He goes, they're bastards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you see uh, Viserys. He goes over there and he goes, I'm going to have your tongue for that. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know it, Damon goes on ahead and goes, whack, just goes yeah. on ahead, cuts off his head. And I love that that scene was shocking, but also pretty cool to actually see. But before yeah. we also get into that, there was also something else that really, I have to say, that really caught my attention was yeah. the conversation between Viseri and also Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. And seeing him bedridden like that, and it just broke Rhaenyra's heart and also oh, Damon's yeah. heart to see that, you know, and... You know, you, I like the whole makeup and the cosmetics that they used for um, Viserys. I mean, it was really haunting. You can definitely tell that this guy is just deteriorating from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And it was also making me question that maybe that tea that, you know, that his darling wife made him, wanting him to do. Heroin. Yeah. <laughs> so that also explains why he's dying. Yeah. So... <laughs> he's literally on smack. just in tea form (laughs) you know this is another thing that I thought that was actually smart with the writing was the fact that you know Rhaenyra's worried about her inheritance and stuff like that of course I like how they also bring it into the fact well it was your dad's fault because of the fact that he brought he ended up making you the heir to the throne Mm -hmm. and that's why we're in this right now this is why that there's that shift and also that split between the families yeah and why also too that you also have this beef war between the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And so I, I saw something that was interesting on that uh, and we'll get into it later, but it has something to do with the arc of this episode, following the text pretty closely, actually to how the book goes, um, which I, I have not read the book. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a poser on that end, but <laughs> uh, I, I just found it interesting. I'll, I'll dive more into it a little bit later, but definitely cool. Mm-hmm. But another thing, too, that really caught, caught my attention was also how she tried, where Rhaenyra's trying to break a deal with, uh, with not Viserys, but... Oh, Viserys. yeah, with the queen that never was. Yeah, the queen that never was, basically. And how she's trying to say, hey, look, if we unite our houses together, we will be mm-hmm. stronger. Trying to do basically what she tried to do with Viserys' uh, yeah. wife. And, of course, Allison didn't fall for it, and neither did she. Mm-hmm. Said no, uh, it's called desperation. But I'm yeah. and I'm also thinking on the same side of Renera. Well, who cares? If it's to make your house stronger, because they're running out of people. Yeah, it's another thing. Well, and then ultimately in the court, when she comes forward about the situation, she says, "I believe these are Valerian children," and then she drops that Renera has promised the hands of both kids. So she kind of flips it on her and is like, yeah, you made a desperate offer. I'm upping the ante because I know you can't say no. Exactly. And then I like how Viserys just comes in there, busting up in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Otto's in charge of this thing, though, too, calling the shots. And I don't think Otto's making the right decisions either. And he's just trying to it's basically, yeah, trying to screw the inheritance over into the rightful heir for 
you know, the person that he wants in there, which is Allison's kids. And yeah. you have Allison's kid who Lord Jerkoff, mm-hmm. who who is which is also Lord Fuckpants, but and basically now Lord he, also. Yeah. yeah. That's that's nice to have as a king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that. Mm-hmm. Good leadership but, material. Yeah, and then she pays off the maids and tells her, Don't worry, uh, here's your gold, and then pays her off. And also too, makes her uh drink from the same cup, basically, of what Renera did did to make sure there was not going to be a baby. Yeah. I'm honestly surprised she didn't just kill her. I am, too. I, that's what I thought she was going to do, to be honest yeah. with you. Because if you remember the Maidens, they're like, well, where's uh, where's Maiden da-da-da? Oh, yeah. I don't know. No one saw you come here. Like, <laughs> you have no shot. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. He's too loyal. You know, I just don't. But then, you know, you see this whole entire deal where Viserys craw- is crawling his way up to the throne, which I was like, man, the ball's on this guy. Yeah. I mean, he's like, no, I'm the king. You guys need to fall in line. And even though this might be my last time that you get to see me alive, I'm going to make sure that I make this right with both yeah. sides, not just one side. And my heir that I named 20 years ago that has been the heir ever since and has done nothing to lose that is still my heir. Right. Um, something I thought that was really cool about that scene too. So when the crown falls off his head, that wasn't intended. Um, that was something that was improv. Just kind of happened in the moment while they were doing a take, and the cameras kept rolling. And that Matt Smith ended up walking over there, picking it up, putting it on his head because the director never called cut. And obviously, that's the take that they used. Because... I love that take though, man, oh, because wow. it does. I mean, I'm heavy as the crown that we, you know, heavy heavy as the king that. Well, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying is the crown that wears the um, wears the crown yeah but also too i like that moment of weakness where mm-hmm. basically damon comes in and picks up the and wants to help him and at first he thought it was his royal guards no but no it's his brother yeah showing respect to to viseri mm-hmm. even though they had their differences he's like just because we had our differences we're yeah. still blood no matter what i still love you and even whenever uh in episode seven whenever damon's wife or mm-hmm. dies too. He's like, well, you know, we had our differences. Come back to King's Landing. Of course, you know, Damon says no. But in this one, he still respects Viserry to the point where he wants to take yeah. care of him. His brother is dying. And, you know, and I like how he picks up the crown, puts it back on his head, and then he goes back to where he was standing at. And his, and his brother uh, ends up trying to strain out this whole entire mess that Otto has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the whole time, too, like in between with all the jumps in time he's probably been a pretty good king too so i feel like you know as a brother who's aged and matured over his years he probably recognizes that and it's like i need to help him out like beyond just you know the bonds of brotherhood but also the fact that like this is a good king and in the moment he's going to do the right thing um so i think that was like just the ultimate like you know way that they could display that like the brotherhood is finally back together and of course gonna fall apart soon <laughs> that's something that i really enjoyed about that though was because of the fact that you know you have a series he's they're being called out on his own bs and stuff like that too but he's like he owns up to it that's the thing i like about this king he's a good dude mm. he even asked his rightful people he's like look am i a good king yeah and at that time is like the guy the king the guy's like no I, I don't know yet this feels too soon basically yeah the only guy that was honest <laughs> right and so 
Right. And so Viserio probably made it his goal, like, look, I want to be go down as a good king. So in order yeah. for me to do that, I have to go back and self-reflect on myself, self-examine myself, and then go ahead and make the moves that I need to properly make. Mm-hmm. Be that rightful king that everybody wants to see me as. I want people to see me as, which is something beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. And like that that's what made I think like the next scene too, where they're all finally at dinner together. Yeah. And he just for one moment wants to have a happy family moment. And that, that speech is so impactful. Like, I want you to see me how I actually am. He takes off the golden mask, which interesting foreshadow that I also saw. Um, Prince Viserys in um, Game of Thrones, the guy that has the golden crown melted on him, when he dies, it's covering his face just like that. It matches the similar shape and look to King Viserys in this one. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember the melting, but I didn't know that there was like the identical. Yeah, it only covers part of his face. So, um, I was that that's an interesting little thing. I guarantee they they did that on purpose. Um, yeah. yeah, that that was a beautiful scene though. Like everybody apologizing to each other, and then ultimately, Amon's like super sarcastic, just dick move speech. Yeah, everybody else, I'm like, okay, so when Alicent, when basically Renera apologized to Alicent, I'm like, is she really meaning what she says? Is it really heartful? Or is it just like this thing where it's like, you know what? I'm going to play this off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just to please my dad kind of thing. But no, it was actually touching. It was heartwarming. Also, yeah. too, I like how Viseri, like you mentioned, he goes, look, I'm tired of this shit. Mm-hmm. You guys just need to work through your problems, and that's it. Yeah. I'm tired of this bickering. There should not be a split. Mm-hmm. We need to unite these houses together as one like we used to be. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And then you have the little jerk-offs who basically yeah. are like, oh, I like how strong you are. And of course, you know, that just sets them off because of the fact that they don't see them as strong. They see them as weak. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that he actually, it's something that actually meant. he he's They're not strong. Mm-hmm. And he's being sarcastic about it. Yeah, no, totally. And like, it's kind of a foreshadow too, I think, to kind of the fractures that are going to happen now with Renera and Allison too. Because, like, in that scene, right before the, the boys get into the fight, you know, they kind of make up a little bit. And it seems like there might be hope for their friendship going forward. And then the rest of the episode, like, they definitely seem a little bit closer to one another up until the very end um, when Allison gets that, you know, piece of information from right. uh, from the king. and. At that point, I think there's going to be a major turn. I see a major turn happening because now he, she knows what he's been whispering in Renera's ear mm-hmm. when he thought he was actually talking to his daughter instead yeah. of it was Allison. And now she has a strategy built on now with the whole Game of Thrones situation mm-hmm. where now she's going to be playing the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Scenario. Except and then you also, wrong on. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel bad for the kids that are called ba- the bastards because of the fact that they are good kids. Mm-hmm. Now, I like how Viserys knows. You can tell the dude knows. Yeah. He's not stupid. and But he still takes them in as his own grandkids mm-hmm. and treats them with love and respect. Unlike some of the other characters I know in Game of Thrones where basically you yeah. wind up sending uh, your own your bastard son to the wall to mm-hmm. freeze to death. Yeah, the Starks yeah. were not good people. Team Lannister all day. <laughs> right. 
So that's why I like Viserys a lot. It's yeah. because of the fact he's a good dude. This dude mm-hmm. loves his loves his grandkids. He loves his kids. They just he just wants them to get a, get along. And you can feel that tension at the table at first, mm-hmm. beforehand. And that was something that I really liked though too. Is whenever you have that small tension, and then once you get through that small tension part, and he's like, "Look, you guys need to make up." Next thing you know, you have Allison, and I like how Renary goes on ahead and says this. You've been there for my dad since day one. I just yeah. want to say thank you for taking care of my dad. Even mm-hmm. though you're giving him heroin, I, I you know, I still appreciate totally. the fact <laughs> that you're still trying to help my dad. <laughs> and through thick and thin, she's been there for him, mm-hmm. regardless of their differences, which I thought that she would be the one to kill him or the Macers would be the one. To kill him. Yeah. Well, she kind of killed him over time with heroin. And didn't know it. But you yeah. Know. Sure. I mean, that's probably medicine for them. But. <laughs> but then also, too, another thing that winds up happening is this. Like, when you have the two... I like how the two brothers go down to where they once trained mm-hmm. as kids. And, you know, just saying, hey, do you remember this little mark over here? Yeah. And he goes, oh, I remember this place being a lot bigger than what it is. Yeah. Now it just seems kind of small. Mm-hmm. So I like how they actually do this little thing where you know it's been six years later. It's been six years since they've been inside this kingdom. Mm-hmm. And they're just paying homage to where they once were. Yeah. So I definitely like that. It was cool to see, too. Um, I don't know if you watched the the like post-show uh, you know, info bit, but uh they they were talking they were talking about that scene and how like when they shot it this time around they had a lot less people and stuff going on because it's a much colder time, much more conservative at King's Landing. So, um, you know, everything else, like they showed the side by side from like the first few episodes, it's like very vibrant and there's lots of happy people moving around and people talking in the streets and then there's none of that now. So it's like literally a totally different city from when the boys left it. It, right, because that's something else that we were talking about before with Allison, for example, taking out everything that was Targaryen, mm-hmm. and now it's everything that resembles her. Yeah, like her versus religion. it. Right now, mm-hmm. she found religion. Now she's going to do everything that represents her lifestyle versus it being Targaryen. Yeah, big shift. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Rhaenyra doesn't even recognize her own home, so basically, she just wants to go back home. Mm-hmm. to Dragonstone and just forget this place anyways. Mm-hmm. But my thing is this. Remember how one of the uh, brothers is like, I don't know if I'm going to be a good captain or a good choice. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be good for drift, for Driftwood or not? Um. Yeah, I think so. Because their kids definitely have to survive somehow, or at least one of them does. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be okay. Like, he's definitely courageous. and. Like, he's obviously going to fight his own kin. It means saving right. another one of his own kin. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I think he'll be okay. This other thing also reminds me of Joffrey, though. Basically, talking smack at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, if you want to be with a real man, oh, yeah. come see me. I'm like, dude, you probably yeah. couldn't even get it up even if you tried. Even if you had heroin. That... <laughs> well, and then uh, his wife's speech, too. Oh, marriage is great. Uh, mostly he just ignores you, and then, you know, sometimes he doesn't when he's drunk. Like, what? <laughs> Isn't that just lovely? <laughs> <laughs> you say that to people in a royal court? Like, are you insane? <laughs> you 
You see, that's just things that normal everyday people wouldn't say. That's yeah. what there's a difference in dialect whenever you look at how royal families, for example, or just people that have that high power, like a king or queen, have. Their dialect and the way they talk to people is completely different than how normal people actually talk. And that is being one of them, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So then, of course, we wind up seeing that one last shot after Viserys winds up telling Allison that who the rightful heir actually is. And now it puts a little bit of whisper in her ear to try and get things hurried up and done. Yeah. Or Renary, Renera winds up trying mm -hmm. to force direct back over into doing what she was doing. Yeah. And so that, that's actually what I was alluding to earlier. Um, I didn't want to just jump to it. Um, something that I saw is that in the books, Allison um, really pushes hard on Aegon being the heir. Right. But her getting that, that like whisper confession from him about, um, you know, the, the song of fire and ice, uh, that doesn't happen in the books. So it's kind of like a nice little homage to add a little bit more fuel to her claim over whether or not, you know, Aegon's the true heir. Um, you know, that's where those fissures are really going to form. Because now, like, Otto's obviously going to be the main driver behind this as the hand and, you know, head of that. I can see that. Family. But, you know, they're going to be pushing Aegon, who's already clearly a nutcase, and Aemon, who's actually, you know, a functional nutcase. Um, to be honest with you, Haman reminds me of Damon in so many ways. Oh, yeah. His There's mannerisms. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how they got an actor that looked and resembled the actual actor that's playing Damon mm -hmm. to a T. And it's, and it's uncanny on how much they actually look. Alike. Yeah. Exactly. That's something that I really liked about it. Mm -hmm. But I think that if I had to pick someone that's actually strong as far as Allison's side, I think you would have to go with someone that's actually like Damon. And it's, mm -hmm. Yeah, because they, they, needed, they needed a character to balance him out. Like a Black Knight versus a Black Knight, you know? Agreed. But what did you think about the ending as far as Viserys dying? And I thought, I mean, from an acting standpoint, that was fantastic way of displaying it you know reaching for what's above you as if you're calling for like one last grasp um and then going ultimately in his sleep i thought thought it was tasteful i i have to say this the actor that's playing Viserys is doing a fantastic job yeah. and if anything he needs to he needs to get an award this season mm -hmm. Seriously. Oh, he'll, he'll get an emmy he needs oh, to get an emmy yeah Seriously, the acting ability that he did in all eight episodes is just fantastic. Yeah. But I thought, too, that it pulled on my heartstrings to see him go mm -hmm. the way he did. But it was also heartfelt and heartwarming to know that he's not suffering anymore either. Yeah. And he's able to see it. Now, this is something that I really liked at the dinner table, though, too. I know that I talked about the dinner table a lot. But I liked how, for one last moment, he got to see his family being happy and rejoicing mm -hmm. and toasting to each other mm -hmm. regardless of what happened after he left that's yeah. how he's going to remember it when he died mm -hmm. and that one last memory and to me i think that was a good touch to and a beautiful well written yeah it, it was kind of a cherry on top to a a life well lived even though it had its hardships of carrying the crown literally sitting on a throne of swords right <laughs> 
and then you also have this whole entire thing where the queen that is that wasn't B, she also tells Rhaenyra too that she blames basically her for her son's death. With mm-hmm. uh, what was her son's name? Larry, Larry. Yeah, she finds she finds out that he was okay. actually probably killed at sea, and you know, kind of is like I blame you for this, um, insinuating that. Um, you know, she was probably implicit in in the assassination, even though she likely knows the real truth. Exactly, even though she knows that he's really alive and yeah. he's okay, but still, you know. But I like how she still covers it up and said, "I never altered the the attack or anything like that. I never did anything of that kind." Mm-hmm. But I thought for sure we would actually see the evil person who does the hits for Allison, though. Yeah. Um, no, no sighting of him, which means something's coming. Right. And he's coming. (laughs) He's coming. But that's another thing I want to mention too, is I felt like there was a storm that's coming. You can see it on the outside. You know how I mentioned this before, Nick, like, like last episode, it's like the calm before the storm where you actually see this darkness surrounding this family. Mm -hmm. And now you actually see the storm outside. That's like a little bit of a foreshadowing of what's happening with this family, the storm Mm -hmm. that's brewing within them. Yeah. And you know, I might be over exaggerating with with it or whatever, but that's how I, I'm viewing it as a viewer in mm-hmm. the foreshadowing of it. No, I, but, I think it's spot on. Because I'm trying to look at it a different perspective than what most people do, and that's how I actually use things. But you know, I think that this was actually a perfect send off for Viseri. I think this is actually mm-hmm. a perfect episode. There is nothing that I can't say that they didn't. They, they all. They're all doing their job mm-hmm. as far as acting goes. And it was just a perfect send-off. Yeah, he, he really carried us all the way as far as his character can go, basically. Because, I mean, we can only see the old guy withering for so long. But right. he, he ultimately got everything in order as far as he was concerned, right? His heir is established. He did end up having sons. Um, and he had a peaceful rule. So, like, yeah, he's dying and it sucks, but you know it's a good way to go. And I think the show really did his character justice because he's been awesome throughout the entire series. I, I agree, and you know, especially when he wasn't afraid to show the deterioration on his face. He's mm-hmm. Like, look, everybody else is not hiding who they are. I'm not going to hide who I am. Yeah, no more masks. So, I like how he removes the mask and how the audience is also just as shocked as what the characters are after mm-hmm. not seeing him for six years. Yeah, like no eye, face is deteriorated completely. Yeah. Dude is messed up. I, Those I Indiana Jones memes were like pretty accurate, though. <laughs> I didn't see the Indiana Jones memes. I just saw like yeah. basically they some memes that I follow is basically show without context, and it shows the Siri up in heaven looking down over the family, <laughs> and then you see some other stuff happening, but. I want to talk about the the assassin guy that works for Allison mm-hmm. because I think that it makes sense for him not to be there because, mm-hmm. like I said before, he's going to be your guy who, if you want someone ta- someone taken care of, yeah. With Otto, he's going to be part of the political movement of this Game of Thrones for Allison, so mm-hmm. for political gaining political power. So it makes sense for Otto to be there, but not uh, for uh, Lord Middlefinger to be there. Yeah, he's also now the head of his family, technically, too, because he murdered right. everybody else. 
it as you will. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it worked back then. Um, that's how but, they're doing it now, in the words yeah. of Tony Stark. <laughs> exactly. Kind <laughs> of pop him up. Um, yeah, so, you know, now that he's the head of his family, maybe he's just back home actually doing the governing that is his duty, while at the same time, like, maintaining his network of spies and assassins. Well, I think that's everything that I had wanted to cover as far as this episode goes. What about you? Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, this one, you know, while it was the full hour episode as usual, I mean, pretty pretty self-contained. It was. Yeah. It didn't feel like anything was wasted. It also didn't feel like it was a filler episode. Not at all, no. And it eases us into episode nine where we mourn over Viserys probably because this is our la- that was our last time jump. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're into... Now the fighting begins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So now I can't wait to see what we have. Yes, me too. So, All right. So that's going to be it for our House of the Dragon episode eight review. Go on ahead. Smash that like button. Smash that, um, you know, smash that like button as well. Also, too, don't forget to comment below. If you've seen House of the Dragon, are you a fan of House of the Dragon? Tell us what you think of the show and everything. It doesn't matter what we think. It's a matter of what you guys think and what you guys saw, too. So here's the thing. Interact with us. Comment on the chat board. Comment after our show, tell us what you think. I want to have a conversation with you guys. I want to have a community with you guys. So tell me what you guys think about that. Also, too, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, I'm going to have Western Reviews on with me. And him and I are going to be reviewing a little Stephen King uh, movie that dropped on Netflix called Mr. Harrigan's Phone. And this is actually based off a short story from the book of uh, Let It Bleed. So go on and check that out at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. We have some more stuff dropping. Matter of fact, Thursday, we're dropping um, another trailer reaction. And that's going to be a re- our last trailer reaction that we're dropping. Stay tuned for that. But then um, Friday, I'm dropping my facts about Poker Diced. So I actually did like an eight-minute video of different fa- fun facts about the movie Poker Dice from the 1980s film. So go on ahead and check all that out at Movie Lovers Tonight. And always until next time, guys, it's been fun. It's been real. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you again. 